Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Dan Serrard. He is Director of Business Development and Strategic Partnerships at Cannabis Creative. We're going to talk about cannabis. We're going to talk about advertising. We're going to talk about how to market, how to really get audience, how to connect with audience. Obviously, a bit of a challenge for a lot of cannabis companies, cannabis being what it is and the status it has at a federal level, make it a little challenging on some of the platforms. They're always changing a little bit and things are adjusting, but it still tends to be a challenge for a lot of companies. And obviously, marketing and branding is a challenge for anybody. And uh, with cannabis maturing and brands maturing, a lot of moving pieces here. Um, so we're going to talk with Dan about how what they see, the work they're doing with some of the clients, where they see the opportunities, where some of the kind of evolution in the cannabis industry along this lines. And it should be an exciting conversation. With that, Dan, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce, for having me. I appreciate it and uh, looking forward to chatting with you today. Yeah, it's good to have you on. So before we dive into the world of cannabis today and all the marketing and uh, what we can do, let's get a little background. Uh, how do you get into marketing? How do you get into cannabis? Give us the backstory. Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
I actually, my background is outside of cannabis when I first started my career. I worked uh, for about 10 years in the health and wellness industry. So helping with product launches, managing health clubs, a couple of startups. And I actually lived in California for a while in the Los Angeles area. And I had a friend with uncle up in Humboldt. And during the falls, we went up and helped them trim on the farm for a couple of weeks. And I guess that's really from not a non-professional side of things where I really started to see cannabis as an interesting area of growth. Being in California, obviously it was a lot further along than, you know, here and where I'm located now in Massachusetts, where it was very illegal back then in New Hampshire before that, which is still illegal. It was an interesting moment for me. So with that being said, you know, moved back from California to Massachusetts, had some experience once again in the health and wellness space and some sales marketing management there actually managing agencies for a health club and randomly you know wanted to change my you know career i was still interested in cannabis especially being out in california and i consume cannabis regularly from a recreational standpoint recreational cannabis was about to go legal this was 2017 end of 2017 in massachusetts and i found an opportunity as cannabis creative group was looking to hire a business development executive so i I met with seth and josephine and the team there and cannabis creative group is we'll call it a sister company same company under one roof as champ internet Champ Internet's a marketing agency that's been around for 13 years. They had a couple cannabis clients, and it was at a point where they were looking to spin off this new brand, Cannabis Creative Group. So they hired me, and really, you know, we we all kind of figured out the path for Cannabis Creative. Either this market was going to be really successful, or you know, who knows? Maybe I was going to be looking for another, yeah, another job in six months. So, you know, needless to say, fast forward, you know, what, four years now, five years now, you know, we've worked with over 200 clients in, you know, I think 30 states in the US, Canada, Mexico, Europe, South America. And, it, you know, the company is, I would say, one of the top agencies in, uh, in cannabis for sure, actually just nominated by MG Magazine. So I, I guess I can say that now. Yeah, it's official. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's been a, a interesting growth, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of hurdles as a startup, but you know we've been able to grow the team from, and I think there's 15 of us to up to 60 of us now over the last few years. So a lot of really cool projects that we've been involved in. Yeah. I'm curious. I mean, you mentioned that sort of the sister company model, kind of cleaving things off, keeping a little bit of separation between stuff. I mean, in the beginning, I'm assuming that's to kind of protect your existing business or like, I guess, give me a little insight on the thinking around that, how that played out and how that's serving you now. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, the initial concept was, you know, our client base at Champ. We work with lawyers, we work with nonprofits, we work with schools. And, you know, to have some of these cannabis businesses that we're working with might raise a red flag to some. So we cautioned on the side of air. And once again, back then, you know, I guess I'll say back then because it was five years ago, (laughs) I guess back then for cannabis industry terms. um, 35 years ago. Yeah, (laughs) it was a bit of a taboo, right? So, um, 
The other reason why we did that is because our team was accelerating at different marketing techniques, cannabis specific, you know, what you can do, what you can't do. Our search team specifically was learning at a very high pace ways to advertise on Google search, you know, what search terms are going to help specifically with dispensaries, how to geotarget some of these locations. So our social media team was doing a great job on how to, you know, not get banned on social media, what type of content to use. So we saw ourselves as that, you know, boutique agency, although a larger agency, with that knowledge. And so we used that knowledge as really position our company to be cannabis experts. And, you know, now I'd say probably 80, 90 percent of our business is in the cannabis space uh, across both agencies. So we've really, really? you know, turned on that faucet in cannabis. And that's where we are really positioning ourselves in the market, looking ahead for the next, you know, years to come. And when, I guess, what was the moment? for you as a company where you realized that this cannabis stuff really was working and and you were going to double down on it? Yeah. I mean, I would say the, after the first MJ biz, and Mm -hmm. I think that was 2018, 2018, we were probably one of the only maybe two or three marketing agencies there at the time. Show was smaller, but it was still enormous. And we, and we just had nonstop people coming to our booth, asking us questions. You know, we had a great ROI from the show. And that's really where we found, okay, well, we're one of the, maybe at that time there was a handful, maybe a dozen of cannabis-specific marketing agencies. And everyone was interested. Everyone needed help. There were so many new companies starting up. And there's such a nuance for cannabis that, you know, you can't say what you normally can or you can't advertise we really saw that as an opportunity. And so that was, yeah, twenty end of 2018. Things really started to pick up in 2019. And that's when, you know, we, we've been full, full steam ahead ever since. Yeah. So why, why is marketing difficult for cannabis companies? I mean, give, give us a little kind of compare and contrast to other industries and what works in those industries and, and why cannabis is kind of challenging. Yeah, absolutely. So cannabis adult use product, right? So blanket that with alcohol and tobacco and gambling Mm -hmm. and everything else where, you know, there are many restrictions on marketing what you can and can't do. So example, your audience has to be, I think it's, you know, depends on the state, but I think it's 80 or 85% over the age of 21. So right there limits your channels exponentially, right? You can't be on TV. Most of the time you can't be on radio. How do you find people that are over 21 without just saying, Hey, we want to partner with every bar in the city you know, yeah. billboards were restricted at that time. So there's so many limited channels you can do, especially for, you know, a retail product, right? I mean, you think about can't sell online or if you can, you're limited to CBD. So, and even then there's restrictions around payment processing and testing levels and all kinds of stuff there. So really, you know, that is is the core. And obviously with 280E, cannabis being legal on the federal level, Companies just don't have a budget, right? Yeah. Well, so describe that a little bit more for folks that may not be familiar with 280E. Why, why is that a problem? Yeah, absolutely. So so, so uh, 280E is, I'm going to butcher this, but basically it's a, a restriction around using marketing for a tax write-off or you can't yeah. claim taxes for marketing in cannabis along with other things. So you can't write that off at, in your business. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so which means you're, you're sort of paying double price. Yeah, exactly. From yeah, a you're, you're, point of view. And, yeah. and, and that's exactly right. It's you're yeah. paying double for marketing and you can't write that off as a business expense. So it's really just coming right off the top and yeah. you can't attribute that, um, to anything besides your own, you know, revenue. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, like, what are the strategies? I mean, I guess how, how is, you know, I know a lot of this has kind of evolved over the last couple of years and I'm not sure where some of these platforms are, but you know, most people would, you know, th there's, there's strategies most people would use that are just like you can't use in cannabis, but what really works right now and what doesn't? Yeah. So a couple of things, let's, let's start with what doesn't work. First and foremost, you know, the advertising space is very restricted and there's a lot of companies out there that have networks where you can advertise, which are great. But if you think about it, where do people go um, when they're looking for something? One, it's social media. Two, it's Google or however you want to say the one and two. I would say Google's first, social media second, but depends who you are. So both of those platforms, since they're privately owned, restrict the or they have restrictions around the use of cannabis advertising. So because it's a federally illegal product. So social media, you can't advertise. We, we try it. A lot of companies try it. It's very hard. Facebook, Instagram have very strict rules around that. They're opening up now, but it is still very hard to do. The risk is most likely not worth the reward in terms of social media, especially yeah. if there's a new business. If you're a new business with a smaller budget, I mean, there's businesses that are, you know, publicly traded CBD companies. I won't say their names, but they're spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars per month on some of these advertising campaigns, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they have that cash to do so. If you're a new cannabis business and you're tapping into your savings account, you know, and you're trying to run ads on, on social media, most likely getting, you know, shut down because of all the restrictions and you don't, you're not a social media wizard, yep. you're most likely going to pay more than you want to for the service fee plus the ad spend where you, if you're selling a $20 tincture or $60 tincture, but you're spending thousands of dollars a month on advertising, you get to sell a lot of tinctures to start. And it's not a quick, you know, you, unless you're going viral, it's, it's a very, I wouldn't say it's a very slow process, but it's a slower process. So not great opportunities for advertising on social media. That's something that doesn't work. Yeah. The, the other thing that, that's difficult to do, and I'm going to call it a doesn't work, but it actually does work very well if you know how to do it, is advertising on Google. So that's Google search, Google shopping. If you are a direct-to-consumer product and you are trying to advertise on Google, like through Google shopping, Mm -hmm. you will most likely get shut down. We're talking about CBD specifically that you can sell online. Okay. THC products, you will not be able to run any ads on Google Shopping. They will flag you and shut you down very quickly. So Google Shopping is another very tough one where it is successful if you do it correctly. And this is really you know, a, a, a nod to our, our search team here is figuring out ways to run ads on Google Search. So running Google Search ads, so when someone types in dispensary near me, you can actually pop up there, rank above those organic rankings. So if I'm in Boston, I type in you know Boston dispensary or dispensaries near Boston. You can yep. advertise there. Now I won't give away our secret sauce, but essentially <laughs> there's you know there's some strategies there that involve different keywords that you can't use and some Got you know it. domain strategies. But if you do it right and you aren't flagged and shut down. We've seen, you know, results in, in over, you know, million dollar plus per year on some wow. of these campaigns that we can attribute to our, our uh, Google search campaigns supplemented with, you know, some email efforts and stuff like that. Interesting.
We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. And I guess where, uh, so for the folks that are, for some of these properties that are okay with with cannabis advertising, like, are you seeing networks form that are cannabis friendly? I mean, I, we're, I mean, I know a couple of different groups that have been trying to do this, but is this, is this out there at this point? I see them all the time popping up. And, um, one of my employees just sent me another one yesterday of an app. It looked like a blend between Instagram and Pinterest. And it was a, it was a privately owned app where mm-hmm. they allowed for cannabis advertising. Now I, I, personally have not seen anything yet where I'm like, wow, that's a home run. I think it's getting there, but to compete with Instagram, to compete with Pinterest, to compete with LinkedIn, you know, it's just, it's a tough, tough area, right? And it's going to take time. I'm not saying that these different programs won't work, but it's going to take time. It takes a lot of education. It takes a lot of word of mouth and to define, you know, a, network for one specific industry, we just haven't seen that before really, right? So if you think about, you know, if there is a network for sparkling water, right? I mean, sparkling water is an industry or water is an industry. Is there a network for that? I don't know. You know, maybe. Is there a, a network for health clubs? Yeah, but I would still go to Instagram if I'm looking for a health club or I would still yeah. go to Google for a, you know, a health club or if I'm looking to connect with professionals in the in that industry, I'm still probably going to LinkedIn. So, I think, you know, that's a big uphill battle there, but I think, you know, there is some opportunity especially with, you know, some of these larger event companies or larger platforms that have that audience of professionals already. Like if I were to see like MJ Biz spin off and create a network, that's something where I'd be interested in. Or MG Magazine, if they did, you know, some type of network that already have these cannabis professionals, that's where I'd be interested in. But it's very hard to compete with the top dogs, in my opinion, where a lot of people already are, are on. I mean, yes, it's limited on social media and LinkedIn and Instagram, but there's a ton of companies on there already. Yeah. And do you see that changing? I mean, I guess what, what have you noticed in terms of these platforms opening up and being more willing? What do you, what are the real variables? I mean, it's just, you know, we really need federal legalization yeah. or what, like, I mean, is that the, is that the thing that needs to happen? I think that's the golden ticket. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I think that some platforms may open up a little earlier before federal legalization, but they have so many, you know, investors and money tied up in other things that I don't think they can really take that risk, especially with banking. Right. So I think that's really the golden ticket is once that federal legalization opens up, I think you'll see a downfall in some of these cannabis specific apps or cannabis specific platforms. And, you know, once again, the money will siphon to the Instagrams of Facebooks of the world where, you know, everyone else is either A, doing business or B, on already. Yeah. Yeah. And what are companies actually doing with the advertising? Are they driving things to purchase? Are they driving to a store? I mean, what what do you see as working in terms of the actual campaigns themselves? Yeah. First and foremost, there needs to be that offer or incentive. Like, why would I give somebody my information, a cannabis 
accompanying my information? Is it uh, a free trial? Is it a $15 off your first dispensary visit? Is it, you know, one of the different ad campaigns that we run a lot, especially with like ancillary businesses is an ebook or a free piece of content, right? So if I'm mm -hmm. a, if I have a, a cultivation software and I'm targeting cultivators, having that gated piece of content, you know, here's our, here's our 10 tips to grow uh, better or whatever it is to for the highest yield that is something that's interesting so we're seeing a lot of that for a conversion point right you gotta always think about conversion points so those are the most successful that we've seen brand awareness i think is important and i think it's it doesn't get enough love as i think it should but the reason behind that is a lot of cannabis companies are working with limited budgets right we go back to that 280 and, and marketing if, if I'm doing a brand awareness campaign and I'm a newer business or even like a one or two location dispensary, I probably don't have enough budget where I can say, I want to spend that on brand awareness. I don't need direct ROI from it. I yeah. want brand awareness. And we're not there, at least, you know, personally, I haven't seen that yet. I think they're important campaigns to do, but I just think a lot of, you know, cannabis businesses are, you know, looking at advertising and looking at their ROAS, right? Return on ad spend and saying, mm -hmm. if I'm not, you know, making a dollar or even 50 cents from a dollar that I spend, you know, then I'm not doing it. And a lot of the time is if I'm not making $5 for a dollar that I spend, then I'm not doing it. So it's very different than other industries that I've worked in and seen in where people are willing to invest in just brand awareness. And that's something that's tough here is how much brand awareness can you get without advertising? It's a slow, yeah. slow growth unless you go viral, which is like, you know, winning the lottery there. So <laughs> exactly what everyone's to do, but yeah. <laughs> few people actually achieve. yeah. So what's the strategy, I guess, for most of these companies? I mean, it's, it's really kind of laying some groundwork, figuring out the systems that work, like experimenting a lot or like how, I guess, how are people approaching this given, given where the market is and, and where kind of these platforms are? Definitely. I, I think, you know, experimentation is, is huge here and it's, it's calculated, right? So one of the things that our agency does is it's actually very different than traditional advertising is we start slow, right? We might start with a marketing budget of a thousand dollars a month, right? Mm -hmm. And some company might come to us and say, well, why is the service fee higher than the ad spend? And the reason is because we want to see that it's successful first. We want to start slow and we want to make sure that we're, we're spending your money like my, my piggy bank on my shelf, right? So, yep. and and seeing that it works, making sure that it works, instead of you know throwing ten thousand dollars against the wall and seeing what sticks, for back of lack of a better term, that is what I would recommend. And looking at those industry or looking at those avenues and spending wisely, I think a lot of people are caught up in trying to advertise in cannabis specific either publications or advertising plat or different platforms where you're competing against every other cannabis business cannabis business and if I'm a business owner those start to just blend together for me or even if I'm a consumer and I have 20 different dispensaries in the same magazine like the not one's necessarily going to stick out to me but if I am you know so I'm in the North Shore in uh, Massachusetts and if I'm looking at North Shore magazine and you know it's a magazine it has restaurants it has things to do in the north shore it has all this stuff for yep. just adults right yep. and i see a, a cannabis dispensary there and they're the only one in the magazine i'm like oh that's interesting i should check them out yep. so uh, these i call cannabis adjacent platforms yep. or publications are really interesting i mean where are your consumers 
going besides their dispensary? Or where are people that might try your dispensary who haven't tried cannabis yet looking at stuff? If it's a bar, you know, we've done pretty successful campaigns for companies with like uh, restaurants and put coasters on all the bars. You know, that's a great partnership or yoga studios or health clubs. It's all these other areas of cannabis, once again, adjacent businesses where you're not competing against 20 other dispensaries. You're the only one in there. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. It's finding these kind of niches where you're the only player uh, on the field that yeah. gives you that kind of advantage. You know, you mentioned that this is kind of a global or a, a national game right now. How how does this change from state to state? Like when you're working with companies, how much does which state they're operating in impact what you can do or what you what you choose to do from a strategy point of view? Oh, man, it, it's a lot. <laughs> so uh, I'll use a couple of examples. One, you know, California, you can do whatever. I mean, there's brands that have, you know, I don't know if they're black or white market or gray market, but, you know, they have cartoons and all kinds of stuff in their packaging. It's, it's been around for a while. There's not as, it's not as heavily regulated. Talking to a company or we're working with a company in Pennsylvania and uh, Connecticut for a medical dispensary, everything that they do has to be sent through the Cannabis Control Commission or whatever, you know, the commission there. So every packaging design that we do for them, every social media post that we do for them, every website design or website update that we have to do for them, not only do we have to submit it to the client for approval, but then the client has to approve it by the state. And that's for everything that we do. So it's like that's – that's a lot of time, right? So if we were looking at social media posts, well, we're planning like two, three months in advance, not like, hey, we'll post this out on Friday. Like, good luck with that. <laughs> and so what do they, they literally, they give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down in every single asset? Yep. Yep. That's what I've, what I've seen before multiple times. I mean, we're working with some clients that are just at the you know hands of the commission and saying, you know, we want to roll out this new line of products, but we have everything done. We just can't do it until they, you know, get back from vacation. And do, and do they get, uh, I mean, if they give you a thumbs down and they tell you what to change or they just say not approved? And you it depends. Uh, we've seen both. I mean, yeah. for some commission, you know, are, are better than others and they'll give some feedback. Some are just like, this isn't approved, you know, get, you know, re- resend it once you've made edits. So, you know, then that brings the client back to us and back to the drawing board. And it's like, was it a label? You know, was it the graphic? You know, whatever that might be. So, and if it's the graphic and we went through a branding process that already took a month, you know, that's tough. So we always want to, you know, make sure those rules are established first and foremost with the client and knowing that their state is different. And, you know, knowing we've worked in, I think, probably around 30 states now, we have a really good idea of, you know, what states have these regulations in place and kind of what we can do versus what we yeah. can get away with versus how much, you know, we can push the ballot there. Yeah. And what is, what is your kind of strategy and growth look like? Like, as you look at the evolution of the cannabis market, how does your company change or what are the, what's your service strategy, where you want to be? What is, what do things look like in the coming years? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a couple of things. One is cannabis ancillary businesses, I think, have a, a enormous opportunity for growth. And that's not just marketing agencies. That's cultivation softwares, that's POS systems, that's anything. Any technology or any software, or I was talking to a company that does like airflow for plants, you can take that from different markets and implement it in the cannabis market. It's another industry, right? So, you know, if something works for a textile industry or construction business, that's like, oh, I can do that for cannabis. It's a huge, huge area. And I think we're going to see a massive growth on that market. 
I think we're going to see a lot of consolidation between the dispensary market. A lot of these larger companies are going to come in and, and buy some of the mom and pops and either keep them as a brand and buy their brand or rebrand as their own. We've seen that already. And I think, you know, the other thing or the other area or projections is we're going to see a lot of brands. We're not going to see a lot of retailers. I think we'll see less retailers, more brands popping up. The reason is because you can cross state borders, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm brand X, Y, and Z located in Massachusetts and I'm a gummy manufacturer, well, I can take my formulation, go to California, go to Missouri, go to Illinois, and insert the cultivator's you know, THC oil and have my line of products there. And I think you know, if people are looking at you know, investments and, you know, ways to get into the cannabis industry or ways that, you know, the cannabis industry will grow, align yourself with these brands who have strategic opportunities like that, because I think those will be where you'll see the success versus the dispensaries. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the, you know, Coca-Cola finding bottlers in different areas and they just give them the formula and the bottler puts together the product locally and then you're actually easy enough. And and we're seeing that a lot, but that's, I I think that's recent over the last year and a half, two years here that, you know, there was a couple companies that did that. And then the other companies, Oh, that's a good idea. So I, you know, I see that a lot. And then I see the decline of CBD, to be honest, there's a lot of, I shouldn't say the decline of CBD. I would say the, once again, consolidation where a lot of these larger companies will have, all of the share like a coca-cola and pepsi does to the you know soft drink market and a lot less companies who are gonna you know start their own cbd company it's just a lot to do there's a huge undertaking and all of these larger companies just have the market share already so there's you know that gap is closing very quickly on opportunities for cbd in my opinion to establish your own company your own brand and and develop there cool and you know, as you're looking at the overall cannabis market, I mean, we talked a little about federal legalization, but w- what else are you kind of keeping an eye on that you think is really going to shape or influence, you know, how cannabis evolves as an industry? You know, it's interesting. I think, you know, the states that have recreational cannabis on the ballot this year, like Missouri and, you know, some other ones, uh, New Jersey, New York, I think how those markets go, especially New York, New Jersey, Illinois, not so much, but um, well, I guess Illinois and not Missouri so much, but how these next, I would say four or five different markets perform and what the Mm -hmm. regulations look like, I think will really identify when we can expect a federal legalization. Because I think that's really the tipping point is, you know, you have your early movers on the West Coast that already happened. You have your Washingtons, your Oregons, your Colorados, your Californias. Now you have your early movers that are already done in in, um, the East Coast, right? You have your Massachusetts, Maine is is growing. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, you have those early movers. So you have early movers on both sides of the country. Now you have that data to say, okay, from a federal level, what does that look like? I, you know, my personal opinion, I think it's going to be a while until recreational cannabis opens up at a federal level. I think medical is going to be much sooner. I think there's a huge opportunity there within the next couple of years, but recreational cannabis, you know, is, is, um, is, is a little far down the road in my opinion. But I think, you know, once these, let's say five different markets open up over the next three years and give them some sales three to four years, that's Mm -hmm. where I think that conversation is going to happen. So let's call it, you know, if I were to put my uh, crystal ball on maybe 20, 2028, 
somewhere around 2028. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Add quick enough here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's, um, you know, it's a crystal ball, right? Yeah. Like we just don't know. And so many things can kind of get in the way, but yeah, I guess, you know, it will happen. Uh, it's just kind of a question of when and, and when it has, will will certainly change the right. dynamics of, of and the, the you know, the improvements on the safe banking act yeah. and, you know, hopefully 280E, you know, I think that can happen a lot sooner than federal legalization. So I think some of those dropping, you know, and coming into place, that's going to expedite some things too. So I'm interested to see what happens there. Yeah. Excellent. Dan, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about the company, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah, absolutely. I'm always happy to have an open conversation. And if people are interested in just saying, hey, Dan, I want you to look at my stuff, give me some feedback. Love those conversations. Um, you can reach me at dan at cannabiscreativegroup.com or visit our website, uh, www.cannabiscreative.com. And um, we have a lot going on there, a lot of great portfolio pieces, case studies. We're actually doing an event on our own called the THC Open in September. So we're doing a golf tournament, non-golf related activities, networking event for uh, Massachusetts cannabis operators that we're really excited about. So there's more information about that as well if you want to get involved. Yeah. Excellent. I'll make sure that all the information is in the show notes. Sounds good. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah. I appreciate your time, Bruce. It was great talking with you and uh, we'll talk to you soon. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.